shooting. Skimmer Way near Lakewood, Charles 478, Tango. Thank you for joining us on Inside EMS. Now the always entertaining Chris Zebalero and the Ted Nugent of EMS, Kelly Grayson. Well, this is it. Here we go with another great edition of Inside EMS. I got to tell you, there's a lot of things going on in EMS, and it's going to be a very exciting show. There's a lot of, uh, let's say, wood on the fire, and we're going to have to bring a little bit of understanding to it. And, and there is no better person to bring understanding to unrest than our good friend, Uncle Kelly Grayson. Uncle Kelly, how are you today? I don't. I'm fine, man. I actually sometimes I'm the guy that brings unrest to understanding. So, oh, that's a very good point. Maybe I should, <laughs> should I start the show over again? You think? Or you nah, think nah, I, I kind of like the way you put it. It's more flattering. Well, maybe next week. Maybe next week. So, yeah. you know, Kelly. You know, I think we got to jump right into it because there's a lot of things to talk about. There's some uh, a little unrest going on down there in Texas, and uh, why don't you go ahead and start us off and give us a brief overview of what's happening? Okay. Well, what happened was is, is uh, a Facebook uh, Facebook friend and and uh, blogger uh, Chris Matthews posted a uh, uh, a link to a uh, a letter from the the chapter president of San Antonio uh, chapter of the Texas Emergency Nurses Association. A woman named Carol Twombly uh, wrote a letter uh, that she uh, she said in the letter was was uh, was uh, approved and and vetted by Texas Ena and. Uh, and approved to send out to their members and urging people to call their their legislators to uh, to oppose uh, Texas House Bill 2020 and Senate Bill 1899, which proposed to uh, expand the the role of paramedics in the emergency department. Uh, in in Texas, uh, paramedics are are used in quite many places uh, as ER techs, um, but basically they're they're glorified orderlies that can do a few extra skills. Um, and what these two bills proposed to do was to allow Texas paramedics to uh, practice to their full scope of practice, do all their paramedic skills within the confines of a hospital, a freestanding clinic, uh, emergency rooms, and so on and so forth. And uh, the uh, the letter from Carol Twombly um, created quite an uproar because there were some misconceptions and outright falsehoods posed in that letter. And that she kicked over an anthill in Texas and... Uh, and the ants started swarming, and, and things changed pretty dramatically. Um, we have a uh, we we have a, a guest today who's going to tell us about that. But I wrote a blog post on it. Uh, Chris Matthews wrote a blog post on it. Several other people did. And to date, that blog post uh, through Chris's blog and Facebook has been shared uh, uh, hundred and eighty something thousand times. A Texas EMS uh, legislative advocacy group. Uh, was formed over the last four days. It now boasts uh, close to 950 members. Um, and uh, it's an excellent example of, of how quickly and how effective grassroots <coughs> efforts uh, at changing things can be. You know, Kelly, let me ask you a question because, you know, uh, you have a better <laughs> understanding or you have a better way of articulating understanding. So what do you think the big challenge is when it comes to the understanding. I mean, you talked about that there were some uh, misunderstandings in this memo. You talked about that there was just uh, some falsehoods in this memo. Um, maybe just highlight some of those things for the people that may not have heard it. Well, one of the things Mrs. Swambley, uh <coughs> alleges is that uh, um, EMTs or paramedics uh, are trained uh, 
are, are basically uh, skills-oriented education and training. Uh, we pe- possess little cognitive knowledge and problem-solving and critical thinking skills, which is, an, you know, uh, uh, that's the, the common uh, uh, misbelief of, of uh, some people about paramedics, but it's no longer true. Um, education for, for EMS professionals has come leaps and bounds in, in the last 10 years. Um, and with the advent of, of you know, our uh, national EMS educational standards um, in 2009, uh, <clears throat> you really can't say that that is true anymore. Um, so she starts off by denigrating the, the education of, of Texas paramedics and, and EMS in general. Um, uh, one of our, uh, our members of the EMS legislative advocacy group, Scott Phelps, did an excellent study on that, did a comparison study of, uh, of uh, Texas community college programs that offer degrees in nursing, uh, associate degrees in nursing and associate degrees in, in paramedic. Uh, and the education is virtually identical. Uh, outside of the specific nurses, nursing courses and the specific EMS courses, all the other background education is virtually identical uh, in in the vast majority of these programs. So it's, it's not fair to say that that nurses, at least at the associate degree level in Texas, are better educated than paramedics. And she goes on to say all sorts of uh, stuff about how it'll compromise patient safety. And you know, I, I fail to see how how uh, paramedics who are able to do a great many things um, uh, safely outside the confines of a hospital sometime, somehow become less safe and incompetent uh, once they pass through the magic portal of the ER doors. Uh, but that's her contention anyway. And, and she goes on to say, and this is cute, that uh, nurses practice with, with a great deal of autonomy while paramedics do not, uh, which is, I'm not even going to say that's an inaccuracy. That's just a flat-out lie. Um, about the only people who, who uh, nursing uh, professionals who practice with any degree of autonomy, at least in a hospital setting, are nurse practitioners, um, not your average uh, ER or floor nurse or, or anything else. Um, and if you want to really compare, uh, uh, you know, autonomous practice. Uh, we are physician extenders, pretty much the same way nurses are. Um, but uh, in the field, uh, paramedics typically practice with a great deal more autonomy than, say, a nurse does in the emergency department. But it, it you know, she don't. We don't begrudge Texas ENA or the national ENA um, protecting nursing practice, and and uh, that's their job. They're an advocacy organization. They're doing what they're supposed to do for their members. Uh, what really rankled so many people was Ms. Twombly's tactics in this letter. And as it turns out from another uh, group of people uh, who have uh, been in, active in, in nursing and paramedicine for, for many years around the country, uh, one of them pointed out to me that this letter was is not new. Uh, it has been repeated and sent out to legislatures and uh, legislators in other states verbatim. This is so not only is she uh, unorig- uh, is she uh, untruthful, but she's also unoriginal as well. She copied and pasted something, signed her name to it, and uh, <clears> the <throat> latest developments are. I'll let Matt uh, talk more about that, but latest developments are is that uh, state ENA, uh, the Texas uh, Emergency Nurses Association, and National have both disavowed any approval of that letter and called her a uh, uh, a rogue uh, rogue member that that sent that out without any uh, without any permission or blessing from the state or national organizations. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think that this is just one of those things that really goes back into the cornfield of people not really understanding what EMS is and what EMS can do. There are, there are That's our fault. 
That's well, our fault. There we is, have done a piss poor job of educating people. There is there is a bunch of challenge with that, and I think that you know mm -hmm. around the United States now, as we start to transition into community paramedicine, and we're starting to get more into the primary care side. And I'm glad that they didn't bring this up in this letter because this could have been really uh, even more devastating than what it was. There is just truly a misunderstanding about the abilities of pre-hospital providers, uh, you know, what we do, how we can do it. There are great organizations in the United States that are utilizing paramedics, you know, Christian Hospital up there in North St. Louis County. Uh, our advanced practice paramedics work in the emergency department under the EMS director's protocols, and they're an extension of the EMS department working in the ED. And, uh, you know, we have the ability to, to augment and to help. You know, we're trained differently. You know, we're trained in episodic care. We're trained in taking care of the problem. Mm -hmm. Nurses really have a lot more management. Nurse, you and I have said it before on this show, Kelly, that, um, you know, we, we should be doing more training with the nurses during our initial training as EMTs and paramedics. So it just seems that there's a lot of misunderstanding that causes a lot of these challenges. You know, the military, especially the Air Force, they do it the right way. You know, they've got... Uh, one nurse that works on a floor, and then they've got what's equivalent to paramedics who are doing the patient care the rest of the time. They're handling the yeah. management. They're doling out the, the duties, and, and things are happening. So, But I think that the eventuality is going to be that uh, you know we're going to see a change here. But you know, you mentioned that we had a guest. Let's go ahead and bring him in now. Yeah. And uh, Matt Witt is uh, you know part of this process leading the charge down there in Texas. Uh, and uh, you had a big day today. So Matt, first, welcome to Inside EMS, and thanks for joining us well thank you for having me i appreciate uh being allowed to, to speak today so for those who don't know you man maybe just a little bit about your background uh catch everybody up on who you are okay well my name is matt witt i'm a uh, licensed paramedic uh, graduate of one of those fine texas uh, uh college uh, paramedic programs here uh, i'm uh currently i work uh, full-time as a flight medic for airy back in uh, kerrville texas and i work part-time for kendall county ems which serves uh, uh kendall county the hill, in the hill country here in texas yeah and just those of you who don't know uh, matt did mention he's a licensed paramedic uh texas has a, a higher level certification of paramedic that you have to have uh, a, an associate's degree you have to be able to attain more continuing education than the average paramedic um, and, and you know, so there's more hoops that you have to jump through to be recognized as a licensed paramedic. And uh, I was in part of Texas when they were bringing that in, and it's good to see that it's still going on. But Matt, uh, so maybe you just give us from the uh, state side, what is it that's going on down there, and how are you involved in it? Well, of course, the email uh, that that Kelly was talking about was leaked to me by an ENA member, a good friend of mine. You know, he he saw that email, and he just. He, he couldn't uh, disagree with it more, so he, he showed it to me and, and sent it to me, and, and uh, that's when uh, Christopher Matthews got it, and that was on Friday. So five days ago was when this email was leaked, and I would imagine that 95% of the paramedics around Texas didn't know anything about Senate Bill 1899 or House Bill 2020, and now just about every paramedic in the state probably knows about that bill uh, over this in just the course of five days. So we got the email, and uh, of course it was pretty. Uh, it was a fictional account of uh, EMS, and uh, so we, you know, we, we we went to work on it right away. I, I sent it out. Uh, Christopher Matthews wrote a great blog and a rebuttal on it, as did uh, Kelly too, and uh, we started getting organized. It was uh, it, the the great thing about it was is 
I think my, my, my colleagues here in Texas recognize the need for an advocacy group uh, here. We just, EMS does not have uh, advocacy really on the state level. Right. And much like the organizations in, in nursing, which are, whether it's the Texas Nursing Association or the Emergency Nurse Association and all the other nursing associations. Interesting. Hey, Matt, before, I, I know Kelly's going to have some questions for you too, but one question, this, the Senate bills and the House bill, who put those forward? Do you know who, who was the sponsor of those and, and why they came about? Okay, well, uh, Representative Martinez for the House side, uh, Adrian Martinez for the House side, uh, House Bill 2020, uh, was the sponsor for that bill. And on the Senate side, it was uh, Senator Donna Campbell, Dr. Donna Campbell. She's an emergency room physician here in Texas. And prior to being an emergency room physician, she was also a uh, critical care cardiology nurse. She worked in CBICUs uh, prior to, to, to becoming a physician. And uh, they were the sponsors on the bill. Uh, there were a few people that got these bills, brought them to the attention of the Texas legislature. And uh, I know one would be the director for sure, TMS Deadly Right. And uh, they were the ones that got these bills introduced initially or, or, or persuaded the representation to, to write, these, write these bills. So, Matt, tell us, you and, and a number of other people from the uh, EMS Legislative Advocacy Group uh, traveled to Austin this morning, and, and you were scheduled to, uh, to address the committee and, and uh, make a short speech supporting the bill and, and rebutting some of the uh, allegations from Ms. Twombly at, at ENA. Um, how'd that come about? What happened? Well, we, we heard about the deal, and then the, these bills, when they come through the legislature, sometimes they go to committee, and, and oftentimes they never come out of the committee. I mean, uh, uh -huh. they'll get tabled, and that's the last you hear of these bills. Well, I would imagine that's probably what, what they aim to, you know, to not to interrupt. I imagine that's probably what they aim to, to have yeah. happen this time. Uh, they didn't expect any that's opposition probably, hope to get it tabled. That's probably true. Uh, we... Uh, it was probably going to be cabled, and it was probably not going to be heard from again. But due to the uproar and the uh, the social media uh, reaction to the to the email by the San Antonio uh, Ena chapter president, they had to bring it to a table. So they scheduled for a hearing uh, at the Health and Human Services Committee today in Austin at the Capitol on the Senate floor. And we decided we would uh, band a group of people together, both nurses and paramedics, to uh, to head to Austin and uh, speak on the matter this morning uh, during uh, open hearing. Uh, however, the uh, nursing associations, I do believe, heard, uh, heard the outcry. And a compromise was reached last night on the bill. There were a few substitutions, you know, uh, from what the bill originally read. And they agreed not to oppose the bill. So we were asked by the uh, by, by the folks who kind of uh, not the sponsors of the bill, not the senators and representatives, but but by the people that pushed to get this bill on the table to to just fill out a card. When you go into the Texas uh, Senate and the, when you go to these committee meetings, they give you a card and you can put on this card what bill you're there for. If you're for it, oppose it. If you wish to speak, if you wish to speak for it or against it, or if you just wish to be for it or against it and not speak. So they asked us not to talk. They had uh, they had uh, a guy from San Antonio Professional Firefighters Association, Brian Norris, speaking on behalf of the bill. And out of professional courtesy and for the hard work they did to get the bill, we did, we elected at the last minute not to speak on it because it wasn't going to be contested. 
And so the bill went through uh, uncontested. It is pending in the committee still, but all bills pretty much go pending through the committee. And there's a good strong chance that this bill uh, will be finalized and actually voted on uh, by the end of the legislative session. So. Okay, so what uh, what substitutions were made? How how did the bill change uh, in in the well? The, the bill did change in many ways. Uh, the the reading from what I gathered on the House, and we went to Representative Martinez's office and and Dr. Donna Campbell's office as well. And it looks like the substitutions were put in that the Texas Nurse Association and the Texas Emergency Nursing Association wanted was that we would only be able to provide these uh, life-saving skills during an emergency. Uh, it specifically says uh, endotracheal intubation. It also says esophageal intubation, so, you know, go figure. But, uh, <laughs> you know, and, and, and emergency life-saving medications and procedures that we can do in the presence of a physician or if they're in an adjacent area, I guess, across the hall or in another room. But it would be only an an emergent situation. It's kind of vague, really. I, you know, what could be an emergent situation? What couldn't be an emergent situation? Well, um, I mean, we vague, can give out the law to the three-year-old asthma. Yeah, vague is vague. May actually turn out to be a good thing. Uh, give you some some wiggle room on that. In any case, it's a it's a, a big leap from what paramedics were allowed to do. Uh, uh, you know, currently in the ER. Isn't that correct? It's a huge leap. Uh, when I was in college, I worked as an ER tech in a level one trauma mm-hmm. center, and I worked on an ambulance as well, too. Now, you know, I could not take an ICU patient or an ER patient that was designated to the ICU, 400 feet to the ICU, but I could put them on my ambulance and drive them 100 miles to another ICU by myself. Yeah. And so this is a huge leap. At least it, it gets us in the door and it recognizes us in the healthcare profession as more of a, a professional clinician than a technician. Mm-hmm. We have, I believe as paramedics, we have a lot to offer Texas healthcare, Texas patients and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can do more than just the pre-hospital uh, uh, medicine. We, we bring a lot of knowledge and a lot of skill to the mm-hmm. table. And I believe it would make a, a much more efficient uh, process through the emergency room. Hey, Matt, let me ask you, you know, in this process, Matt, was there any discussion about the the letter itself and and being able to, to combat that somehow? Or is that something now, as you guys start to develop this advocacy group, will you try to tackle that? Or, you know, I mean, what's the plan for that? I mean, because as long as, you know, I think, and, and I think that one of the things that we want to welcome is we want to welcome people that will challenge us to say, are you able to do the job? EMS needs to welcome that, and we need to be able to defend that. So my question really comes to you, is there a plan on defending that letter to educate the nursing group to say, you have it wrong about paramedics and EMTs? In the overall scheme, yes, there is. We have, uh, you know, I think some of the bloggers, like like Christopher Matthews and Kelly Grace, both did a fantastic job of, of, uh, uh, of disputing that, uh, that claim by the, by the ENA uh, president, or the San Antonio ENA president. Uh, with an advocacy group, what we look forward to, or what we look to do, is to not start a war or a turf war with other healthcare professionals. We don't want that. We want the best for the, the, our patients. And uh, that means possibly even working with the ENA, not against the ENA. Yeah, of course. And trying to let, let these other associations, nursing associations, know 
uh, what we have, our educational skills, our abilities and the medicine that we practice and, and how we do it day in and day out in, in less than ideal circumstances all right. the time, you know, and, 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 and through that, I believe we can, we can, we can come to an understanding and we can let them know exactly who we are and what we are about as Texas paramedics and stuff. And, uh, you know, you're not gonna, you're not gonna convince somebody by, by, picking up your toys and going home you know you've got to yeah. you've got to be willing to work with people and, and compromise and stuff and and i believe we can achieve that i just believe we need a unified voice we've never really had that before on on the state level here in ems and uh yeah. you know you look at the nursing associations and you know i think the ena you know represents over forty one thousand nurses nationwide and that's just emergency room nurses and stuff in texas you have uh, about five thousand paramedics and probably about ten thousand emt so even in an association if you had every emt and every paramedic joint you'd still be outnumbered uh if you were to go yeah. to war or try to pick a war with the nursing association you know they they they've done it right for a long time you know they they've and that's a lesson really we protected learn. their profession and stood up for their things, and it's something exactly that we could learn. Yeah, There's a blueprint. If you go to the Texas BON uh, Board of Nursing website, it, it gives the history of the Board of Nursing and how it came about. And it's an excellent blueprint for what we could do with ourselves. They formed as an association in 1909, and they started advocating right away for the registered nurse position. And this was a time when nursing was uh, uh, completely dominated by females, but yet there wasn't uh, uh, women's suffrage, you know, it hadn't been passed yet. They didn't even have the ability to vote, but they were very effective uh, uh, working their way through the Texas legislature. And I think we can do something similar. So, Matt, let me ask you this question as we're getting up there. You've got paramedics and EMTs who are listening to this show all over the world. We are an international show, and, and we're excited to say that. How can we help you? How can we help the state of Texas now? Is it is it a letter-writing campaign? Uh, do we need to make some calls on, on behalf of this? Uh, is there anything that we can do to help um, You know what you guys are trying to accomplish down there in Texas? Well, you know, the, the, the number one thing that you can do is stay motivated and stay active, stay listening. Write your own legislatures. If you're in other states and stuff, form your own associations. I think this is best done by a state-by-state -state basis. Uh, I think you're more effective going to your local representation and advocating for your state EMS. Uh, here in Texas, if you do want to support the Senate Bill uh, 1899 or House Bill 2020, you're more than welcome to write letters to our legislatures. Let them know what it is that EMS does. But I would ask, you know, to not trash other professions don't bash the exactly. other professions that that do have concern because that's not the way we get things done and uh this is for the betterment of our patient yeah we we need to fight smarter not dirtier exactly and, it, and it's not about you know. it's not about the fight it really just comes down to education well, we can work very collaboratively you know we can and, and we can help we can we can help take care of patients we don't want to take over anybody's job you know, we just want to be able to be part of the process. And as now EMS is starting to transform into this new, you know, healthcare model, 
there's going to be different things that EMS is now going to be doing. And, and a lot of agencies in the Go MedStar right there in Fort Worth, yeah. Texas, they're not called EMS anymore. They're called mobile health care. And, you know, 10 years from now, we're going to say we're a community health profession. Yeah. And by the way, sometimes we have to make ambulance calls. But Kelly, well, I, I think before, yeah. let, I want to get to your final thought, Kelly. But first, Matt, I want to say thank you to you and, yeah. and thank you for coming on and thank you for joining us. Is If folks want to get in touch with you, is there a way they can do that? Yes, they can reach me. Uh, my email is uh, Matthew Lee, L E Quit, W H I T T, at L.com. They can uh, drop me an email if they have questions, if they want to uh, participate, see what they can do to help. Just, uh, just get in contact with me and we'll, we'll, we'll see where we go. We're, we're, we're looking forward to forming this uh, organization and advocate on behalf of Texas EMTs and paramedics. And I got to say, man, from the heart, brother, it, it, you know, you go out there and, and know that uh, you have our support out there and whatever we can do to help. Because one day the state of Texas may need to come to another state's help. And, and we know that you're going to be there. So thank you very much for coming and, and telling your story. Well, thank you very much for having me. Thank, thanks for coming in, Matt. Uh, it was a pleasure talking to you, man. So, Kelly, man, I, I got, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give you the last word here, and, and I'm going to let you get us out of here, and I know yeah. it's going to be something that uh, everyone's going to want to hear. So uh, give us your final yeah. thought and get, well, get this show done. As, as, my, uh, as my sweetheart Nancy McGee said, as a, a rising tide lifts all boats, uh, and, and this is an example of, of how mutual respect and cooperation and collaboration can, can benefit both professions. You know, you, you had someone who went off the reservation uh, from Ina who, who uh, said some pretty nasty things about EMS and, and, and got disavowed for it, uh, but it got the attention of a lot of EMTs and paramedics in Texas uh, and around the country. And, and as a result, um, uh, the nursing Hobby organizations had to acknowledge us, uh, and and we got, if not everything that we wanted, we got some of what we wanted, and that's a start. I was a member of the Texas EMS Association, uh, whatever the name of it was, uh, many years ago. Uh, it's defunct now because uh, of the the two, you know, one of the biggest uh, problems with EMS now is, is apathy. You know, you you poll any any group of EMS professionals and ask them what the biggest impediments to the profession are, apathy or ignorance, and the top two answers would be I don't know and I don't care. Um, but in four days, keep this in mind: in four days, this letter and the subsequent rebuttals have been shared hundreds of thousands of times. Uh, an EMS legislative advocacy group with 942 members was formed in four days, and they put this this movement together uh, in, in just four short days. That is something that, that is the power of grassroots and social media. Um, you know, I've said in, in many pro, uh, in I've said in, in blog posts and, and my EMS one columns in the in the past. It doesn't take uh, a majority to change things. All it takes is the three percenters. Three percent of, of U.S. colonists uh, are the only ones that fought in the U.S. Revolution. Yet we won and established our own independence. It takes some dedicated professionals who will speak out. And congratulations to these guys and uh, with the Texas EMS Legislative Advocacy Group. And I hope they uh, they continue their momentum and uh, and get a movement started. So, guys, 
let that be a lesson to you. There is a way to do it. You One small voice can turn into many small voices and uh, turn into a great big roar. So let us know your thoughts. Uh, email us at the show at ems1.com. And for myself, co-host Chris Ceballero, and our special guest this week, Matthew Witt, thanks for tuning in to Inside EMS. Inside EMS.